over to Limerick on Saturday because I want to be drinking pints at 11 in the morning. I'm pausing for effect, Darren Matthews. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, we've got a co- couple stories to talk about this week. Um, uh, a week of sport um, related stuff. So um, I saw this when I was looking on the BBC Sport website because uh, B- I don't know if you're, li- if you're living under a rock, the BBC have kind of been preoccupied the last couple of days with a certain monarch's death. So, uh, so some of the sports news, it's a little scrapey, um, but I saw this. So uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. and Trinity Rodman are now, uh, so they're the children of Dennis Rodman and Scotty Pippen Sr. Um, they are yeah. now both professional sports stars. So Trinity, uh, Trinity Rodman uh, scored a goal for the U.S. women's national football team at the weekend and Scotty Pippen Jr., uh, has declared himself for the uh, NBA draft this year. Oh, well, there you go. There That's you pretty go. cool, right? Uh, Be another I, one for one of our legacy episodes. I know, right? I'm, I, I really like um, seeing stuff like that. Like, for example, uh, Peter Schmeichel and Casper Schmeichel, um, like two success stories out of the same family. Um, uh, and even now, uh, do you remember Yussi Yaskalainen, the old goalkeeper for Bolton? And West yeah. Aminal, yeah, his son's now playing for Crew Alexander. Oh, yeah. so will there you go? So prof- a, a future professional sports star, yeah, because not everybody for every, uh, you know, for every like Casper Schmeichel, there's also uh, you know Darren Ferguson. So <laughs> can't win them all. I know, right? Uh, yeah, I know. It's one of those things where uh, this is the only uh, way I think I will get any form of respect in the sporting world uh is if i have a son or daughter who is very good at a sport and that's what i'm going for oh instead of the you have to get really good at sport and then have a child who's good at yeah. sport yeah that'd be a yeah, pain no, in the I, arse I'm, I'm just skipping the first part like because you, you know what they say good houses are built with no foundations is that what they say no that's <laughs> not it at all yeah, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, as as we're uh, recording, um, the uh, Arsenal Sheffield United game is underway. Um, uh, a few things that I wanted to uh, point out. Obviously, the is it the women's Six Nations is underway at the minute. Ireland smashed Wales yesterday. Wales, by the yeah, way. I saw that. Like it was fucking, and, and some of the tries were spectacular. Yeah, for on the ladies, uh, yeah. I thought that was great. I watched the the highlights there yesterday. Some really, really good stuff because the that was their, their. Is that their um, opener? Yeah, that was their opener. But and then I saw in the news today that they're, uh, they're in doubt about being playing their next game, which is against France, because mm-hmm. of the quarantine rules. Because obviously exactly. there's issues with uh, European travel. So. Yeah, I mean, like, hey, what what else is there just to put a little bit of spice into a fixture? Um, at least uh, I don't think it's a case of the French team breaking quarantine rules like they did when they. 
uh, had their game against Scotland postponed for the uh, male Six Nations. Yeah, true. I mean, yeah, it's there. Those games are happening now because everything obviously got jumbled around and moved with the the quarantine rules and the whole schedule for everything has changed now. Exactly. And uh, speaking of COVID nineteen breaches, uh, Leicester played West Ham today, but Madison. Chowdhury and Perez were dropped uh, from the squad today because they breached COVID rules. Um, what do they actually do? At so, there, that's a big thing for Leicester because uh, which we will cover in um, this week in sport. But now we know it probably could have been doing Madison today at Leicester. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it just says on the BBC Sport website that Brendan Rogers said that Madison, Hamza Chowdhury, and Perez had broken uh, the quarantine rules set by the club and therefore will not be uh, uh, featuring in today's game. Definitely having a house party. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, and, and it happened in Juventus as well with Paolo Diablo and uh, Winston McKenney as well. They both got dropped from the squad because they broke uh, COVID rules, which, you know... Um, I think, I think it's kind of part and partial uh, of football players thinking that they're above the law in many cases. But I'm glad that, you know, they're probably getting hefty fines as well. And so they should be like. Yeah, I think with hefty fines, sometimes people would say, oh, I got fined 20 grand. And those guys would wipe their ass with 20 grand. So that's exactly. what's more annoying. They'll, they'll probably do it again, having learned not a lot. Exactly. You know what they should do? They should have to donate that 20 grand to the NHS. Yeah, I mean, the government aren't putting any money into it, so why not exactly. get footballers to do it as well? It's going privatised, get buy shares now. I know, man. That's what I'm going to do. Buying all the pigs up, just in case anybody <laughs> needs a heart transplant. Uh, but uh, yeah, the other news, that uh, it's very football-centric, as it normally is um, this time of year, but uh, Rangers are closing in on an invincible season. Yeah, how, lo- how long left? Uh, they only have, what, like maybe three or four games left? Oh, there you go. Yeah, and uh, they were able to, because they beat Hibs um, today uh, in the Scottish Premiership. And at the minute, played 34 games, exact same amount as Celtic. Uh, their goal difference is sitting at a positive 69, uh, and they're on 92 points. That's big. Yeah, and Celtic are on 72, so 20 points behind. Which you know, it's, that is, it's no that is dragging ass. Yeah, no, that's right. no shocker. It's, it's yeah, it's going to be a weird season next season. See if Celtic can bounce back. But yeah, it looks like uh, Rangers are going for uh, a golden SPL trophy this year. Um, do they do that in the SPL? I don't know. Is that a thing? Yeah, I, I have no idea. But um, uh, I know Arsenal got it for the Invincible season. They have a go- they're the only team apart from Preston who have had an unbeaten season in the top division in English football. Which is crazy, um, but they're ne- so Rangers host Celtic in the Scottish Cup on Saturday. So uh, hey, you know one last old firm. Uh, if they get beat by Celtic, uh, you know it's it's in the le- it's in the cup. So you know it's yeah, it's, it's, it's no dent in the, the invincible season because exactly. it's a totally Although, separate. Uh, you know, as a Celtic fan and anybody who's playing for Celtic, that this is your cup final. I mean, like, surely beat Rangers and then whoever you're going to play against, it's not consequential, like, because surely yeah. they have the quality to beat them. But, yeah. I, I actually watched the old, the last old firm. The one draw? Yeah, was just fairly underwhelmed by the yeah. whole thing. 
exactly. Um, I mean, like as much as you can say about the quality of football in Scotland, uh, there's pros and cons to saying, you know, that there should be uh, like, I don't know what the top five teams or something like that uh, in Scotland should be competing in the, the leagues in England. Uh, but... I, I had this had this argument in work with a chef, uh, one of the chefs who is a Rangers fan, mm-hmm. who told me that Rangers are you know the top Scottish teams would be competing to actually win the Premier League, and I said, stop sniffing glue and work, you fucking clown, because uh, that is like madness. Say, I would just like to say that man is incorrect. Um, uh, they would be lucky to win to win the Papa John's Trophy, uh, if anything. Um, yeah, they'd yeah, be they'd be down in the arse end with Sheffield scrabbling for relegation. Exactly right. Could you imagine, like, you know, the amount of investment that would need to go into both clubs, and then if you're looking at top five teams, what? So you're getting, uh, you know, Hibs, uh, Aberdeen, and fucking, I don't know, St. Johnson, <laughs> Motherwell, or something. <laughs> um, I saw I saw recently that Hearts have now been promoted back up uh, to the uh scottish premiership so the pancastle derby's back on oh yeah the most sectarian uh game of football since well that game yeah. so man i, I yeah that, that, i always found that weird when i was chatting to someone who is a hibs fan and they were like oh yeah it's way worse than the old firm and yeah. i was like how can it be worse than the old firm but apparently uh edinburgh is in full lockdown whenever that happens yeah was i telling you like so i when i um lived between heat belfast and dunfermline uh, I used to work in the Cabbage, which is a social club for Hibernian Football Club. And oh yes, uh, you said it. Yeah. yeah, and the fact that they had like fucking cages up when they're <laughs> when they're fucking playing, like I don't know, like uh, a lower athletic. It's not it's not a huge game or anything like that. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't I don't like blaming one set of fans, but uh, the hips fans are easily excitable. <laughs> Oh yeah, I think that's the best way to explain it. Like, um, but like, uh, I have I I have a lot of respect for anybody who supports Hibs over Celtic, though. Um, uh, in terms of like, if you're from Edinburgh, I'm sure it's pretty easy because you know Hibs are a decent enough squad. Like, uh, in terms of like history, uh, and actually older than Celtic. Not many people know that. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah as as uh, the stick that I think they used to beat Celtic fans with is the original Irish Catholic club in mm-hmm. Scotland, the Hibernians. Hey, um, uh, have you got any um, sports news? Because uh, if not, let's get into it. No, I, I was going to say sort of if you've talked about sort of sports news, I just wanted to say in reference to going back to a bit of rugby. So as well as um, for us, as well as the Irish women taking off to a flyer, which was really, really good. There was a brilliant game on the other night, which we could also do in this week's sport, but I do want to give special mention to okay, Ulster beat Northampton in a yeah. fantastic 35-27. It was end-to-end stuff and a I great game by both teams, but... Ulster prevailed in the end. So that was all I had for the news. Something we could have put in this year or this week in sport, but I felt I needed mentioned because as an Ulster fan, you don't get many great days like that. So yeah, it, was, it was well like, worth a mention. Very pretty decent. And should we talk about our idea of going down to Cork for a county game and then a monster match? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah we're, we're going to do it. Whenever the world reopens, we're going multi-sport for a weekend. Oh man, I cannot wait. Uh, I, I think leave early on the Saturday, go to the GAA Museum at Cook Park and then make our way down to the monster match. And then uh, I actually don't even care who Cork are playing. I just want to see like uh, Cork play hurling. 
Yeah. So what we do is we probably might be a good idea that if we can get the Friday off, go to Dublin on the Friday because you have to make yourself from Dublin to Limerick is actually quite a, a horrible drive to get over to Thoman Park. And then from Limerick, you have to go to Cork. Limerick and Cork, although they touch each other, are two massive counties. So it's quite a drive as well. So mm. there's actually a lot of miles in that. So I would say Dublin Friday over to Limerick on Saturday because I want to be drinking pints at 11 in the morning if there's a game on. Although I think there might be Friday night games as well. So we got to check. Mm. And then we're going to try and get ourselves down for either Saturday night or Sunday game. But with the COVID regulations and at present, this might not even happen this year, but it's it's in the, it's in the pipeline. We're going to do something... Yeah. We'll go watch a rugby game and then we'll go watch a, a bit of ga. And obviously we'll flog it the whole way. You know, yeah. I, will be dri- I will be driving, but I will also be cameraman. <laughs> That's okay. I will be drinking in your pastures. <laughs> exactly. You're the talent. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, let's get into this week in sport. This week in sport. In sport. This week in sport. Um... So we are going to start off with what last Sunday? When did we record? No, we, we got ourselves up to didn't we get ourselves up to right up to Monday? But because we? we were talking about we, we had discussed uh privately or every time we call any match, we are lit oh, we are yeah, the kiss yeah. of death. Yeah. That's what we are. Yeah, we uh we are not friends of any club. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we're starting on Tuesday because we picked I think we picked Man City, Liverpool, and Liverpool took quite the hiding off Real Madrid. Yeah, so, yeah, we covered the West Ham Wolves match, didn't we? Uh, did we mention that on Monday, or were we were recording while that game was on? Uh, we might have been recording, because that was a late kickoff. Um, ah, yeah, yes, sorry, 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 sorry. So, go go to Monday there, West Ham. There was only two Premier League games okay, on anyway. Yeah, so. so, Everton against Crystal Palace finished 1-1 at Goodison. But uh, the, the main attraction was West Ham against Wolves. Uh, West Ham ended up leaving Molyneux with all three points. Now, for the last three games, um, West Ham have scored three goals in the first half. Uh, first against Arsenal, uh, mm-hmm. and we all know how that ended up. It ended up. We don't. We don't want to talk about that. We don't want to exactly. talk about it. Yeah. Um, so, with the game at Molyneux, uh, West Ham three, uh, Wolves two. That's how it finished. Um, Jesse Lingard, can the man do anything wrong? As of he today, can. he scored eight goals. And he's been there for approximately 12 days. Do you know what I mean? Mental. Completely bonkers. Like, uh, And even people like uh, Bowen are playing well subsequently because of the injuries. Pardon me. Um, the injuries to people like, uh, uh, not necessarily Declan Rice, but definitely like Miguel Antonio and stuff like that. Um, with them being yeah, out you're, there. You're still, you're still performing at a high level with squad players, which is very admirable for a team with 50 quid in their, po- in their budget. Yeah, so Right, exactly. And especially after the whole Sebastian Hoyer thing. Um, but yes, so uh, we'll move on to Tuesday. Um, do you want to cover the um, Northern Irish Premiership games first or do you want to do Champions League? No, no, go to the NI Premiership as well. Okay, not a problem. So Balamina, we're playing Glen Torren. That finished up 2-2. Um, Crusaders were in Carrick playing Carrick Rangers. Uh, 1-1 draw. Um, Crusaders kind of found a little bit of form recently. Um, two wins on the bounce that I was quite happy with. Um, Cliftonville uh, beat Dungannon 3-0 at Solitude. Uh, Glenavon were 1-0 winners uh, against Warren Point. And Portadown got beat by Lauren 2-1. So Lauren getting back to winning ways. Uh, with that game, Crusaders and Carrick, is that another local derby for you? Or will Cliftonville always be a local derby because we are sectarian dickheads here in Northern Ireland? 
uh, also in terms of location, Solitude is the closest uh, stadium yeah. and club to the rivals. Um, yeah, to uh, Crusaders on the Shore Road. Um, out of all the, uh, I don't know geographically speaking how far the Oval is away from uh, uh, Seaview, so I'm not quite sure distance-wise. But I know all the Belfast teams. I consider all them a form of derby. Uh, you know, just because you're going up the likes against Linfield, Clifton, Bill, and Torrent, uh, you know, getting points a, a, against any of those teams is a great achievement. Uh, yeah. And I would hopefully hope that uh, um, the fans of those teams would say the same thing about Crusaders. Um, but yeah, I think geographically speaking, the closest uh, team uh, to us would be uh, Carrick Rangers after the Belfast teams. So um, yeah. But we always seem to have the superiority in terms of uh, like traveling fans and uh, results in the past years. So I, you know, it's not as better as what uh, uh, Cliftonville would be. But yeah, I definitely look at it going like this is a game you kind of want to win. Oh, I mean, you want to win every game. Well, of course, because if you win every game. You win the league, and if you win the league, you get to go into qualifiers. And from that, you go into the Champions League, which brings us to our next two games. Segway. Man, that was beautiful. Uh, <laughs> so Tuesday night in the Champions League, uh, we had Manchester City playing Dortmund. Uh, yes. At, was it? It was at the Etihad, right? I'm not sure where they're playing all these games and stuff like that. That one was, but the Madrid-Liverpool game was in some, what I I think, is the part about being renovated or is this a covid thing i don't I, know i i think it's a if they're moving thing. stadiums because i know some of the european games they played games at, at like at benfica but at two mm. different nights i don't know i don't follow very strange yeah very strange um but uh with the game so city went one nil up in the 19th minute a uh, goal from kevin de bruyne um arguably best player in the world at the minute yeah, I'd argue that one too. I would I'd probably get into a fight over it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, so Dortmund score a goal, which is instantly disallowed um, after Jude Bellingham, uh, the uh, Birmingham City retiree, they retired his number. And he's only actually, what, yeah, he's only like 20. It's, Fair it's, enough. It's a crazy story. Um, uh, but yeah, he scored a great goal that should not have been disallowed. He did not touch uh, Ederson at all. Uh, and it was one of those things where you go like, football is dead. And we will talk about more about football being dead um, coming up in uh, this week in sport. But um, fair play to Dortmund uh, in the 84th minute, just at the end, uh, Marco Royce scored like a pretty decent goal, dropped to him quite easily, and he just tucked it in the bottom corner. Uh, and then Phil Foden, uh, he just, yeah, he was like, I'm, I'm just calling it quits. And the celebration, like obviously not a big Man City fan, but you see that kind of walk-off celebration that he did after he scored the goal, you're just like, okay, yeah. okay, that, that, that's fair. He's, de he's definitely going to be, uh, you know, English icon, Man City icon. I don't think he'll ever leave City. It'll be like the Paul Scholes of City. No, yeah, like he's already in the top paying club, so why, and he enjoys playing there. So why would you want exactly. to leave? To, there's no other well. challenge that you're going to make more cash. You're going to you're going to win your eventual Champions League and your leagues mm -hmm. and stuff. So stay where you are if you're young. Maybe later in life if he wants to live somewhere warmer, yeah. Manchester pissing rain and freezing cold. <laughs> Yeah, um, but no, I think that game was that uh, that game was much closer where Dortmund actually got scored, and the the other arguably best player in the world at present, Holland, was kept fairly quiet by the Man City defense. So exactly, 
then yeah. Real Madrid, Liverpool. I thought I thought Liverpool would have been well fit for Real Madrid because I would say that they haven't been playing as well as usual. And then they went and won El Clasico the other night as well after yeah. beating Liverpool in Europe. Very strange, yeah. Um, yeah, their their form uh, in this like getting beat by Shakhtar Donetsk in the qualification or in the group stages of the uh, Champions League, you're looking like uh, this is not the same Madrid that we're used to. Um, but yeah, this was a big result, and obviously, I went the completely different direction, thinking that Ferran, Sergio Ramos are out, uh, Eden Hazard was out, but uh, Junior was it Finicius? Is that how you pronounce yep, it? Finicius Junior. Asensio. Um, uh, all scoring for uh, Real Madrid and the solitary goal for Mo Salah. So at least, I mean, like the away goal will help, but I the away goal is nearly two if you can bring them back home and yeah, put a few in. Exactly. But I don't see Liverpool keeping the clean sheet against uh, Real Madrid, though. That's the only thing. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think that, that that'll, that's kind of um, set up for a very interesting uh game to watch um do you want to uh, yeah so we'll move on to wednesday's games um yeah straight i was gonna say i thought i thought they were very interesting to be how different those games were to what we called it to be yeah to then go to wednesday's games and then all bets were off when it was a replay of last year's final when Bayern were playing psg yeah the Bayern psg game was uh d- definitely probably one of the most entertaining games i've watched this season uh, it was it better in the final last year anyway. A hundred percent better than the final, which is crazy. Like it's always the way, <laughs> isn't it? Um, but Kylian Mbappe scoring essentially just the kickoff there three minutes into the game. Um, Kylian Mbappe scores and then Marquinhos scores just before the half an hour mark. Um, and you're looking like, okay, it, uh, Byron or two nil down fucking dishes done lads. Three or at that point, two away goals unanswered. Yeah. This is the end of German supremacy. Uh, but then, of all players, former PSG player and Stoke City player, uh, Chupa Moting, uh, gets one back just before halftime in the 37th minute. In the 60th minute, uh, uh, Thomas Muller uh, equalizes. Uh, and then, literally, like eight minutes later, Kylian Mbappe puts it to bed. Oh, I think that was a big one for for three two as well as you said the importance of the away goals mm. and in the next game I totally unprecedented I thought Chelsea and Porto would have been fairly even but two 0 away from home for a play uh, Chelsea didn't uh, yeah. call it at all uh, yeah not at all uh, like obviously uh, you're thinking like uh, I can't remember what I said last uh, for last week's episode if uh, like I always wanted Porto to win um, just because you know complete underdogs but uh, for a play yeah. to Chelsea. Um, as you said, like going away from home, scoring two goals, but also having two English players score both the goals in Mason Mount and yeah. Ben Chilwell. Yeah, it's a big thing for them to probably get domestic players back into the squad because I mean Chelsea are the first, the first club before Man City who are famous for just buying half of Europe exactly. and replacing whatever squad they had. So it was a big one. Yeah. Uh, also on Wednesday. Uh, there was a Northern Irish Premiership game. Uh, Linfield hosted Coleraine at the National Stadium. Uh, two half, uh, first half goals by Jordan Stewart. Uh, and then it, it said there was two red cards for Linfield here. But uh, no, it was a red card apiece for uh, Quinn and Canning, respectively yeah. for Linfield and Coleraine. And Curtis Allen scoring just at the death there to make the last what, like four or five minutes of the game, very interesting, but yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, first versus second, it was a really juicy fixture, but Limpio come out with all three points. No, it set up as well nicely because, I mean, that was some NI Premiership. And then we had, it's so weird to talk about like our local league on the same night as the Champions League. And then the next night you've got Europa League. So it was such a weird, it's a weird old midweek, you know? Yeah, I, I love I love weeks like this where there's plenty to talk about. Like though, this is the best. And for for a change, there's like, oh, I wish there was more Europa League games on, you know? Um, so no, four uh, games, that'll do. <laughs> uh, moving on to Thursday's Europa League games. Uh, Ajax uh, were against Roma uh, and it en- ended up uh, 2-1 Roma, which... Um, I'm not surprised about, but uh, yeah, this is probably the most competitive of all the fixtures, really. Uh, yeah, I mean, in, I actually, in, from my, a, in my opinion, uh, yeah. Yeah, Arsenal, uh, Slavia, Prague. See, the good thing is, as well, once we get down to teams that we've heard of before from the other teams being knocked out, there's less chance of us pronouncing something wrong. <laughs> right. Exactly. So it's good that I'm like, I can say Roma. <laughs> yeah. At least we don't say Ajax, so that's okay. <laughs> exactly. It's not the, that. Was a cleaning agent from the seventies. <laughs> um, so Arsenal uh, were playing Slavia Prague, and uh, yeah, they both goals left very late. Uh, Pepe scoring in the eighty-sixth minute, putting Arsenal one 0 up at home. Uh, you're looking very happy, and then Slavia Prague um, <laughs> scoring the ninety-fourth minute to to yep. break the red half of North London's heart. Yeah, it's Slavia Prague. They they had played Rangers previously in the year, hadn't they? Yeah, they were, oh, okay. and the whole uh, yeah. So and Thomas, so check yourself before you act yourself. Used to play for them as well. Uh, I I do know that one. And, was, and, and then Villarreal one 0 I mean, United had played them early in the year. Beat Dynamo Zagreb. Mm-hmm. United playing Granada two 0 So that was very um, decent result. Not to yeah, like number one being away from home. Yeah, so a bit of leeway. And but it coming right at the end because you had like Fernandez had the score in the 90th minute, that was a penalty. Yeah. But Rashford had got the goal, but it meant that they weren't reliant on the score one goal, sit back and hope for the best. But yeah, look, it was two goals in an away game, and it's a it's a two leg tie. So we're, we're happy enough for that to, for them to come to Manchester. And you know, you can start a couple of squad players, rest a few people, concentrate right. in the league while also being competitive in a European competition. Mm-hmm. No complaints as a United fan. Yeah, put Fred in nets, do something crazy. I don't know. No, don't even let it. I sometimes <laughs> worry about Fred playing and he scores. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that today. Um, but yeah. uh, uh, in terms, there's uh, one Premiership game on on Friday night and Wolves uh, travelled to Craven Cottage to play Fulham. Uh, they came away with a 1-0 win, all three points. Uh, and Adama Traore scored in the 92nd minute. I was going to say, there was a very, very old one. So that was probably an absolute melt for people who had gone to the bookies and took that as a draw. And yeah. also for Fulham fans, Jordan, we all know you're a secret Fulham fan. So mm-hmm. it was uh, it probably tough to take. 90 really second hurt. as well. It looks like Fulham are going down. I'm not going to yeah, lie. But look, at that point, it, it moved into... It moved into... That actually became uh, more prevalent for then a game that happened today because Newcastle were playing today and they're right in the shit with Fulham. So it, exactly. was, it was probably a more important game than we thought. Yeah, there was more riding leading into today because you would have mm-hmm. thought Newcastle would have lost too. Exactly. So a bit more drama leading into the weekend, which actually was a very, very good weekend of football. All right, let's get into it. Uh, the early, actually, no, we'll leave the early kickoff. That's uh, the most to, exciting. Do it last, yeah, definitely. To the last, yeah. So Chelsea were uh, at Selhurst Park against Crystal Palace. Uh, ended up winning four one. Um, I didn't get to see any of the highlights of this game, but Kai Hurt, uh, Kai Havertz, Christian Pulisic, Kurt Zuma. 
uh, and Christian Pulisic all scoring. And Ben Peke, you know, he's having a good season um, for yeah. Crystal Palace. Um, I, w- yeah. I watched the highlights. Chelsea were actually very, very good. And I would always think Palace can usually set up pretty well defensively, but Chelsea were rapping, so 4-1. Yeah, I just ran was... over them, like... Um, uh, I remember checking this score halfway through the day yesterday uh, with Liverpool against Villa and seeing that Ollie Watkins scored, and you were just like, oh, "How like how far is this slope that Liverpool are falling down?" Um, but they were able to uh, secure it with uh, Mo Salah again an equalizer just before the 60th minute and a free kick, wasn't it, um, from Trent Alexander Arnold? No, Alexander, it was actually a rebound. He caught it. Uh, he just about, he just missed a free kick mm-hmm. earlier in the game, but he caught this one on the volley and it was actually a lovely, lovely goal, which mm. kills me to say as yeah, somebody who, who likes Liverpool as much as I do. But no, I thought Villa were on for the game, not for a 7-2, but it, it looked like when Watkins scored, I thought maybe it was a curse coming back to, exactly. to bite Liverpool in the arse. But it was actually, it was a decent game. I got to watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, watched the highlights of the Palace game and then I, I uh, was in work, so I only got to watch highlights of Leeds Man City, which was the, the final game, but also the first game of the day, yeah. which obviously set up for such a weird, what well, yeah. I thought was going to be then a weird weekend of results. But do you mind? Not only did Leeds point? beat Man City, which fucking nobody seems to be able to do lately. They exactly. did it with ten men. Yeah. Uh, do you mind if I cover this one? Because I'm very excited. Yeah, yeah. So Go for um, it. at the Etihad, uh, Leeds, uh, their form is meh. I think that's fair to say. They've been up and down this season, very attractive football, but some of the results haven't gone their way. Uh, with that being said, um, ex-Crusaders player Stuart Dallas scoring in the 42nd minute. And uh, I saw I saw the um, the highlights of this game. Um, I mean, like, it did, it rebounded off, what, like two posts and went in. But, hey, you know, if yeah. you don't shoot, you don't score. Um, but uh, Liam Cooper... Uh, getting the red uh, initially yellow card, uh, which was changed to a red card just before um, half time there, and, and you're thinking, okay, that this will be Man City dropping a gear uh, and like just you know completely running away with the game. But it took them to the 76th minute for uh, Torres to um, equalize, and then Stuart Dallas, 91st minute. Oh, the Cookstown Cafu comes through for Leeds United on a nice wee breakaway. And yeah, all three points went to Marco Bielsa. And uh, hey, what a fucking result. Definitely the best result Leeds have got since uh, coming back up to the Premiership. Um, yeah, like what, what age is, is Stuart Dallas? He's what, 32, I want to say? He was lightning quick with him hanging off the back of him. He was just, he was so quick. To, and he was... As a, I think Leeds have to be the fittest team in the league. From all their counter-attacking and getting chased back, it has to be. Yeah, sorry, he's 29. 29, still. He's, he's you know, he's that couple of years there. over that would be defined as a prime. I did send you this earlier on. This was a, a tweet that I read by Darren Mullen, who's the Newry City manager. He said, if you're a local lad playing Irish League football and you need some form of inspiration, look no further than Stuart Dallas, which is mm. completely true, because as you oh, said, sure. former Irish League playing for Crusaders and now he's playing for Leeds in the Premier League. Yep. And, and it's not just like, you know, it was the kind of thing where, oh, he was picked up as this wonder kid from the Northern Irish Premiership and, you know, he was destined for great things. Leeds, uh, when they signed him, I think it was back in what, like 2016, something like that. Um, it wasn't like instant success. It's something that he really had to work for. And, yeah. and that's why I think that's a great example of that's what you kind of, that, that's what you need to instill in young players that, yes, it is possible but you need to work your fucking ass off for it, like. 
Yeah, that was very big. Like, that was a big, a big win for them, and I think a big shock for anybody to for watching any game. To, Man City have just seemed totally invincible of late, and exactly. then not only Leeds. I wouldn't have said Leeds would have beat them. I would have thought, you know, they were too much for Leicester. The United game was dull. Too much for Arsenal. Mm. Too much for a lot. Basically every team, and then. Leeds, there you go. I don't think anyone would have called it, but fair play to them. 2-1 with yeah. 10 men. Once they went down to 10 men, I, like you, was just like, well, that's that. That's going to yeah. be 4-0. Exactly. And um, yeah, just, just just briefly on Stuart Dallas. So he left Crusaders in 2012 to sign for Brentford. Uh, from Brentford, he went on loan to Northampton, uh, returned from uh, a loan spell uh, at the end of 2013. And stayed at Brentford till 2015 to, when he was tra- uh, um, acquired by Leeds United. And he's been there since 2015 and he's reaping the rewards of the hard work now. Which is beautiful yeah. to see. No, it's fair play. I'm absolutely brilliant to see for a local player. Yeah, yeah it's it great. really is. It's great. And yeah, he's, he's very decent uh, and for the uh, international squad as well. Um, so obviously the, the players um, kind of their their performances have started to linger with um just age um the likes of steve davis and kyle lafferty and now mcginn people of that elk um so it's it's really nice to see that northern ireland seem to have a you know a, a starting player in their squad who's scoring good goals against the top opposition in the world yeah, not bad. If you're talking about leaving Crusaders just under ten years ago, and now yeah. you're just just taking on two of the boys there yeah, <laughs> at Man City and scoring a goal out of it. Fair play to him. Uh, okay, so uh, today being Sunday, we'll cover the games today. Um, uh, the early kickoff, uh, we said, yeah, this is a game you don't really, you know, if you miss it, it's not the end of the world. Uh, Burnley uh, were hosting Newcastle at uh, Turf Moor. Um, I was about to say Turf Lodge there, and that's a completely different thing. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, there are three points going uh, to the town side. Um, did you get watching any of the highlights or anything there? I well, I watched the I watched most of this Newcastle game. Uh, Sam Maxim was great. Yeah, I rate him so, so highly. Like he's good, and but I think. I don't know. I, like I messaged Mick Conlon earlier on, one of our former guests, who's a Newcastle diehard, and was saying I, that they've been absolutely great today. Burnley are no pushover. They have the ability to be the most frustrating team in the world, as mm-hmm. they were when they took points off us earlier in the year. But yeah, it was they were fantastic. Um, Newcastle were great. The two goals were well worked. They were they looked like a team that are fighting for their lives because they are <laughs> exactly. So, but yeah, they hadn't had a win in something like eight games, which is horrible for. Uh, Newcastle, I think, are probably the team that suffer the most out of any Premier League team not having their fans in the stadium because Hands James's down. Park has been voted the best atmosphere in the Premier League Hands for down. years. Yeah. So I, I like I wholeheartedly agree. Normally, I would have said you know bowling ground just because of alliances and stuff like that, but like there's no competition between like St James's Park. And, I mean, like Old Trafford has a great atmosphere. It's one of those stadiums where it's just like yes, per, it, it's built you know with that in mind. But St. James's Park is just something different gravy. Like, um, moving on to the second game, West Ham against Leicester, third against second. Huge motherfucking game. West Ham go 3-0 up again in the first half. And I cannot take this much longer. Because if West Ham keeps scoring three goals and then 
spending the second half conceding, uh, you know, two, three goals to either end up with a tight win or, you know, a draw. I can't keep doing that because I don't know how long my heart will hold out. You, I mean, you do have the, uh, the, the benefit of having a shit heart. So this, this, yeah, right. this can't be good for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jesse Lingard scoring twice um, for West Ham and then uh, Bowen also making it 3-0. And uh, Iheanacho, you know, uh, scoring in the 70th and the 91st minute to really make us sweat. Um, yeah, uh, at least it was the 91st. You would have, you would have hoped that the game was won by the end and yeah. a bit less stressed. They weren't going to get back another one. But exactly. I mean, was there how much injury time was played? Because that United game today, I was a wee bit sweaty because it was six minutes six, announced. Yeah, six minutes with that. Um, yeah, I was like, um, Fergie we'll time. Get, I was like, we don't need this now. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to it like uh, when we're covering the game. But uh, yeah, no, there wasn't there wasn't too much uh, added time in the West Ham match. I think there were, there was like what two three minutes something like that. So it wasn't that big of a sweat um on when uh, uh the uh, second goal went in for Ianacho but uh, obviously it could have been a bit more comfortable but uh, I'll let you take uh the game that is literally only over what like a couple hours ago um yeah. Tottenham hosting Manchester United yes Tottenham United today where the first goal was disallowed so it look it finished up 3-1 it all ended okay it was mm-hmm. fine but at a very infuriating moment where the replay showed Scott McTominay brushes off a challenge from Son, appears to, like, his fingers stroke his face lovingly, and Son goes down like a bag of shit. Son's a brilliant player. This melts me that he feels the need to do that. It's yeah. like when Didier Drogba used to go down, like, people had shot him. I'm like, you're like a six foot three tank. Why are you going down like somebody's broke your leg? Uh, he went down to that. United continued up the pitch. Cavani scored a lovely goal, which was then denied because VAR had gone back and um, and overruled it, which was very annoying. Now, Cavani did get a goal, which was a bit of justice overall, but it was purely infuriating because Tottenham then struck first, even though they had scored second. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Son got the goal in the 40th minute, which was a real sweater. Mm. And then it was like we'd entered a parallel universe because Fred scored in the 57th minute. <laughs> That's his only his second ever Premier League goal. And if you want a good laugh, Fred was bought by Jose Mourinho, who is now the Spurs manager. <laughs> Cavani gets his in the 79th minute. And then just to put the rubber stamp of approval on it, Greenwood, who came on oh. as a sub for Rashford, scores in the 96th well. minute. So we got six minutes injury time, which I was not thrilled about because I was mm-hmm. like, Spurs are definitely going to get a, a draw out of this. But obviously, um, United caught them on the break and got 96 minutes. We assist from Pogba. But Greenwood was the assist for Cavani and then got one of the goal himself. So real impact sub. Yeah. The babyface assassin, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, putting on another babyface assassin. Thank exactly. God. So 3-1 overall. But it started off one of those ones where I was really losing my temper watching it. And then as it settled in and we scored more goals, it was okay. Because yeah. it was... You can relax. Was losing my, was losing my shit. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah no... Uh, Number one, thank you very much as a West Ham fan. Uh, thank you for stopping uh, Tottenham from getting any points because if they finish above us this season, uh, I I will take it as, uh, as a complete write-off of the season. Um, but yeah, with us getting those uh, three points uh, against Leicester, we are one point behind third. I'm, I'm so... I'm confident. I think, like as I said earlier in the podcast, Jesse Lingard has scored eight times since he's been at at West Ham, two of them today. Been there like I give minutes. United a few quid for him because 
I think if United get ideas, he'll go back and he'll just get shuffled back into the pack again and he won't make an impact. Whereas it might be better for Lingard's career to be the bigger fish in the smaller pond. Mm-hmm. With all due respect to West Ham, I think he's been a, a, a great yeah. a great addition and he would fit into that team so much better. He's still playing when, as you said, people are missing games or you're reliant more on your squad players. He's, he's putting in, he's, he's slotted in the West Ham so easily and it might just be the place for him. So... Yeah. I think you should keep him. I mean, obviously, if he's a scoring player, I'd love to see him back at United, but not if they're just going to... I mean, yeah. Fernandez is playing in his place, so exactly. I don't, I'm, we're not going to swap that out. I know. I mean, like, as well as Lingard's playing right now, uh, I don't know anybody in <laughs> who has an interest in football that wouldn't take Fernandez uh, over Rashford... Or not Rashford, sorry, Lingard at the minute. Yeah. Obviously, I'm more than happy to have Lingard in the team. And there's uh, it was a rumour that apparently the deal they're looking to make is 30 million and Declan Rice which oh okay I would not be happy with because Declan why are they including I, Rice in anything uh, well I you see this is it it's just the rumors of him going to United have resurfaced again um because no there's no call for that he's, he's going to be an international player West Ham should be keeping anybody who's doing it getting international caps because exactly at least keep them until they do something useful in a tournament and then sell them for twice the money or we're going to charge at the start of the year. Exactly. I mean, like, both are goalkeepers. So, uh, uh, Fabianski, starting, well, one of the starting goalkeepers for uh, Poland, uh, who's, you know, in the squad with uh, uh, Forshak Chesney, uh, but then also Darren Randolph being the starting keeper in the Republic of Ireland team. So, two, yeah. uh, two starting goalkeepers for international teams is not bad. You know, yeah, that's pretty good if you're you've players internationally representing two different countries and be like, yeah, they play for us, so that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, uh, and no. as of speaking now, Arsenal have gone two 0 up against Sheffield, and it's just going into the 80th minute. Uh, Martinelli and Lacazette scoring those goals. Yeah, huh? I mean Sheffield are done, but I, I hate that to see season. it because I I actually really like them. <laughs> yeah, after last season. Yeah, yeah, there's loads of teams I could just I wouldn't be arsed if they got relegated out of the Premier League, but I don't I don't want to see Sheffield go. They were exactly. really entertaining last year. Uh, I mean, like if anybody has an emotional connection to like fucking uh, Brighton, you're just like, okay, who hurt you in a past life? What what has gone so wrong that this is what you support? I mean, like people could say that about West Ham when they got relegated and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, so that's all the games up to this very second. Uh, we will do uh, a little bit of story time. We have a special guest on. Uh, yeah, so let's get into it. So story time this week. Uh, it, it's it's a special one for us because we have a bona fide celebrity on today. Um, this star of the Paddy Raff show on BBC One Northern Ireland. It's only Paddy Raff. I thought you were going to say hey, hey. <laughs> welcome, Paddy. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, no, we uh, we're pretty good. We uh, just off watching the um, the Spurs United game. This has been recorded on the Sunday, so um, mm-hmm. and I on the podcast previously, I have done nothing but sing the praises of Hunman's son. Uh, he is one of my favorite players, all the way from like Hamburg to Bayer Leverkusen to Spurs. Mm-hmm. And after seeing what he did today, 
it has left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, that wasn't wasn't cool. He did no, he did. He got caught in the, he got caught in the face by the hand, but it certainly wasn't the yeah. It wasn't a reason to rule out a goal. I think what yeah. McTominay was doing, he was trying to push his hand away because Son had kind of went to grab him, and then his hand followed through, caught him, and he went down like a sack of spuds. And then yeah, shouldn't have ruled the goal out for that. But VAR is getting crazy this season. It's, it's ruining football, like yeah, in my personal opinion, because um, you see, if Son doesn't go down there. There's no goal. And obviously yeah. we'll talk about this on uh, this week in sport, but it's just, I don't know. I hate seeing that kind of thing. It was um, with with the Son incident as well, because the goal happened, it's in the passage of play. So they can be like, oh, we can just go back and find any incursion. How far back do VAR continue to let that happen? Where it's just like, it looked like he poked him in the face. So we're Hopefully. not counting your goal. And you know what? Thankfully Cavani scored, which was a bit of fucking justice yeah. after. Because yeah. well, he still scored, so it's fine. Yeah, I was, it's like it's going to get like the historical inquiries team. How far back do we go? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was fuming. See, whenever Son scored, then I was fuming. I was just like, oh, you're oh, I know, especially him. Yeah, yeah. But all through all, it ends well. I'd, I'd laugh if yeah. they like they uh, they start like bringing stuff up like from like the 2006 2007 season. <laughs> totally, like that's what I was thinking. It'd be it would be class if they started doing that. You know, like where you had it and it was decided by you know sort of suits. It was all in the boardroom, you know, but that's that's the way football's going. You wait till the end of the season and then there's a big legal battle where they go back over the food anyway. But yeah, I think it's that one thing that's what, what what was the game? It was was it Spurs and City in the Champions League semi-final or something? Oh, yeah, and yeah, it was a couple quarter of quarter final two seasons. Ago. And it was like, yeah, it was uh, that that just showed you how bad VAR can be because the best thing any you know football fan will tell you the best feeling is your your team scoring or scoring a really important goal in a final, semi-final, or whatever. And it's unbridled joy. And unless you saw something that you thought was really suspect in the build-up, you might think, well, it might get pulled back for that. But 99% of the time, there's nothing there. Exactly. And you just get to celebrate. But now you cannot celebrate any goal. I found myself now not even celebrating because I get more annoyed with myself when I celebrate and punch the air because the, the come down is so much more because <laughs> then it'll just get brought back for some shit. So it's killing it. I mean, and the absence of fans, I think, has given it another bit of a buy ball for another season. But had this had the fans been in the stadiums for this whole season, uh, that that shit would really it'll be it'll be scrapped. Yeah. Well, hopefully <laughs> the, ref- like- the referees aren't afraid enough. That's what we need. We need fans. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we need the intimidation. We need intimidation. In. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like that's why every single Millwall game in the history that yeah. they've ever played has been you know adjudicated like perfectly. Yeah. There's that's no it. contention. There's never been like- a- did you just get like Fat Tony and the Simpsons standing with the ice pick at the side, you know? Yeah, just picking his teeth with the ice pick. I get stabby. <laughs> oh, um, well, uh, l- lucky enough today, we're not talking about Son, so it's okay. Yeah, have exactly. A subject for story time, thank God. Yeah, I, I think that's now put on the back burner of us doing a, a Human Son uh, episode. Uh, but uh, today we are going back to a time before VAR, um, before uh, certain pandemics. Uh, and we're talking about Manchester United legend Ryan Giggs. Yes. So, are you aware that originally in his youth career, he did not play for Manchester United? Ooh, like really, really? Far so, back? yes. Yeah, so, this is like going back to, I think, 82. Um, mm. I'll just get the, the, the stats up there. So, yeah, no, sorry, 1985 to 1987. He did not play for Manchester United youth squad. He played for Manchester City. So, you know. Can we added in some dramatic music here. Exactly. Yeah, that's probably great. I thought you were going to say about the England. He played for England. Yeah, uh, the England um, uh, schoolboys team. 
Yeah. Uh, and there was, uh, there was a change in rules about the eligibility of people being allowed to play for um, countries that their grandparents were from before he uh, played internationally for Wales. Um, but at the time they changed, he had already played a couple of senior level games for Wales. So that's mm -hmm. why he couldn't have shifted to start playing for England. Um, mm -hmm. But also another very interesting fact is that his, on his, I think his paternal side, his grandfather was from Sierra Leone. Right. Oh, which okay. I like, I had no idea because Ryan Giggs is Welsh's mm -hmm. something Welsh. And um, uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, perfectly. Uh, and yeah, um, but it was probably come from Africa, like potatoes, did, didn't they? Yeah, right. South, yeah, like it's America, something like that. There you go. It's spring to around about that. And like, uh, as, for, as for someone who got into football relatively late, because, you know, as, like kids are fanatical about it from no age now. But uh, like, I didn't start liking it until I was maybe like, was eight or nine uh and gigs seemed like an old player back then oh no <laughs> like he was no spring chicken back then uh, but um after the 19 uh, 1987 um he uh joined the manchester united youth uh team uh so he was there for three years from 1987 to 1990 and then started his career with manchester united in 1990 and he stayed there till 2014. He's a, a proper, so in his professional career, he is a one, uh, uh, one club man. So mm -hmm. people like Stephen Gerrard, and, and, Frank and Lampard, of, and, they, they could have had that. Like, well, actually, no, Frank Lampard and, couldn't, but Stevie Gerrard could have. I was going to say, I'm one of the only players as well. I think there's only like 25 or 30 players I've ever had over a thousand career appearances. So he did that as well. Yeah. That is uh, the, the fact that I found out about him was that uh, that he, they only moved to Manchester from Wales because his dad was a rugby player. Yeah, oh yeah, and he yeah. Got picked up by Swinton, which was a a, a part of Salford. So that's how he ended. That's how he ended up in Manchester in the first place. He that would is. have uh, he would have been in Wales and probably never been discovered. Only his dad was a rugby player. Look at that! Imagine him playing like uh, like kind of like your man uh, Reece Samet now on the wing for Wales, rugby wise. It's probably a bit small. He he's like five foot ten. Yeah, but he's a, he's a nippy enough wee uh, character, isn't he? From what I remember, at least. Mm. So as uh, I, I'm coming at this from like kind of like an outsider perspective, so obviously not being a Manchester United fan, but both uh, you, Darren and Patty, uh, are big United fans. What what is the whole kind of um, uh, you know, kind of like I was about to say mythos there, like he's he's some type of Nordic guard. Uh, god, he's, he's not dead. He's not <laughs> dead, Jordan. Come on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pour one out for him, regardless. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, as United fans, what what do you guys think of him? One of the best players, uh, underrated, overrated. Uh, for me, I don't look. I'm 36. What age are you, Darren? I'm 35, but 35, right? Yeah. So like for. Come whenever I start, I get into football from a real young age because my my dad supported United from uh, he was you know young so he he was one of those real hardcore supporters that were with them supported them whenever they got relegated and all when Dennis Law back he playing for City you know so he remembered yeah. all the bad times so this was like the 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 knocking Liverpool off their perch the whole uh, come you know, second coming in the in the nineties when Fergie came was just my dad was on cloud nine so we were just Man United mad in the house. And Giggs was kind of um, 
as a kid really interesting for me because he was the first sort of, um, if you like, superstar footballer of that kind of pre- predated the Spice Boy era, like mm. of David Beckham. He was a few years before him, obviously, but he was just, but he had the skill and the the everything else to back it up, and he warranted that. But he he was, I thought he was brilliant because for me, I played a lot of football as well. Um, it was just like the goals that he could score, but he actually didn't score too many goals, I don't think, but like it, it was just more about the entire, he was the first sort of superstar footballer and he was a Man United player. And uh, so he wasn't the, you know, the first person I got on the top was Cole 17 when he still had the 17. And then I got a gigs one a few years later. Um, but yeah, just at, at that age of being a kid and just seeing Man United winning absolutely everything. Um, and Giggs being instrumental in it, he was just one of the my favorite players, and the longevity as well. The fact that yeah. you know he didn't retire too long ago, um, just for me makes him one of the, obviously one of the greats at United. Mm. What about you, Darren? Is it the same kind of thing where it's just this kind of like I don't know, like demigod in Manchester? No, I mean as Paddy said, it was the 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 youth career. I mean everyone. United's most famous thing probably in recent years has been identified, if you watch that documentary, like the class of 92. Mm. But Giggs was already at the club at that point. Giggs made his debut in 91. Paddy was on about jerseys. The first jersey I had printed was uh, Irwin number three. Uh-huh. And Giggs's debut was replacing Irwin, who had got injured in the game. So Giggs came on the first game. I think it was, yeah, I think it was like 17 at that point as well. So he was, I mean, even though there was still academy players. So the class of 92 would have potentially been like his age or older, but he was already in the first team. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it was, I think it was probably, as Paddy says, he was just forever there. Whenever, whenever that's a very formative period of your, um, of your watching football. And we were very lucky as United fans to have a very good fucking decade and a half. And Giggs was just always there. And it felt like even when he retired, it felt like he took a two week holiday in Saloon and he came back and he was coaching. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know exactly. how long he was gone for, but he just always seemed to be at the club. Yeah, it's it's one of those weird things, and he's just he's kind of like you know in the in the like patchwork of United, any success they've had. So all the Premiership titles um, throughout all of Alex Ferguson's reign, um, the two uh, 1999 and 2008, the Champions League finals, uh, and then uh, I, like I don't even know how many FA Cups and League Cups and stuff like that. Um, I, I remember, like I don't remember. Uh, the proper, I don't remember seeing it, but I, it's one of the things that sticks out for me is the goal he scored in the FA Cup against Arsenal when yeah. they were in the white strip and then he takes yeah, yeah. the top off and he's like, he's jelly. yeah, he's like <laughs> pure, like Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> and that's one thing that like, I think that just sticks out in football fans' memory more than anything because yeah. it's one of the, it's kind of like the Aguero moment against QPR. Oh, don't remind me, but it's like talking about <laughs> VAR. If, if you watch that, it would be interesting to do, like as a bit of a, you know, like a study of boring, like, you know, in lockdown, one thing to do. But if you look at that, that might have been ruled out for something that happened just before the ball came to gigs. And then you would have lost one of the most iconic moments in, you know, football and United. I, I remember going to watch that. We, we watched it in the Red Devil Bar in the Falls Road. Um, because we went down to the RVH, had a really nice, um, they had their own social club um, for all the workers, and uh, my ma was a nurse, so we kind of used to get into it, and we went in, it was bonged, so we walked up the road to the Red Devil and watched it, and like that was just absolutely amazing, but again, you, you, would, you would, if there were VAR had been about, even if it hadn't been ruled out, you wouldn't have went as mental as you did, for me anyway, because you'd be like, let's just wait in case there's a check here on something, so Exa- exactly, yeah, that, that yeah. goal was, was amazing. Yeah, but like even looking at it, you know, some of the best goals would be disallowed. Diego Maradona uh, with a hand of God. Um, yep. 
uh, Tevez's goal against United the last day of the season, 2006-2007, to save West Ham mm-hmm. from getting relegated. Um, you know, the biggest goals in football history, pretty much. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so like moving on with uh, the rest of his career, obviously um, he was there in for what, just the guts of 15 years at one club. Um, 672 appearances for Manchester United, scoring 100, uh, 114 goals altogether in all competitions. Uh, and as you were saying, Paddy, um, played one game for the uh, England schoolboys under 16 um, team, uh, played one game, scored one goal. Um, apart from the Wales under 18 and under 21, uh, they are the only two teams that he's played for that he has not scored a goal. Because um, the under uh, the Wales squad from 1991 to 2007 uh, played 64 games, scoring 12. And in the Great Britain Olympic team in 2012, played four games and scored one. Cool. Pretty, uh, uh, pretty, also, pretty decent numbers. Like Jordan, one of the things you said there when you were like, oh, he was there for like, for like 12 years. He actually physically retired when he was 40. So he was actually on the United team from 1991 to 2014. It's mm-hmm. a lot longer than 12 years. He's one of the few pro footballers, especially in the modern era, like guys like Stanley Matthews back in the 50s, 50s, 60s. He played, he was like 44. Guys like George Weah played into their 40s. But Ryan Giggs passed 40 and retired. You know what I mean? He was, so he was at United for what, 23 years? And, he's, and he was still active within the club from then? That was, <laughs> he put that down, didn't he, to yoga? Um, and I remember my wife is a, is a Pilates instructor and she used to always say like the amount of top athletes um, at the minute who have any kind of long career will always have something like yoga or Pilates to put it down to, um, you know, keeping them injury free and supple. I mean, like I played football when I was a kid, I played for DC, Donegal Celtic, and then stopped in my twenties and came back and played there when I was 30 for for about three years. And that was all I did. And then I, I done the cruciate um, and I always, when you hear about players, you know, coming back from injury, I thought, I'll get back from this. And the physios were telling me, yep, you, you can get back to play if you're a top athlete, because these physios rehabilitate, you know, top GAA players and top footballers. But they were just like to me, do you need to be going back to football? I was like, no, nah, I suppose not. Like, you know, because like it could happen again. So I kind of had to knock it on the head. But in, in chatting to them, they kept on saying, look, if you want to do anything, keep fit um, and keep in, this, in sport, you bet you have to start doing something like yoga or Pilates. And they all kind of swore about it now. And I remember Giggs had a DVD, like a, a Pilates DVD or a yoga DVD knocking about. So somebody in our family got it, but all the women in our family fancied them. So they might've had ulterior motives for that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. there was, there was, there was uh, no group viewings of that one. <laughs> <laughs> was it a DVD or VHS? It was definitely DVD. It DVD. was late enough. Oh, on there. Yeah. Yeah, the and then there was, we did have a VHS of him um, in the, it would have been about 92. And it was like one of these kind of unofficial like gigs tribute ones. And it was very much marketed at the, at the girls. It was all like sexy photo shoots of him and stuff. And then the, <laughs> the odd, the odd clip of football, but the fo- the football clips, they obviously didn't have the money to pay for actual really good stuff. So it was like him taking a throw in stuff, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, we all remember that throwing, don't we? It's just him tying his shoelaces, just about to come yeah. on as a sub or some shit. Ready to take a corner, and then just as he kicks it, it comes, it, it stops. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, there um, was also the, there was the ranking soccer skills. That was one of his. Oh, was his, that? His, was did, a, there was a book and there was a video of that as well. Yeah, he did like an instructional book of his, 
it was like his secrets and skills. So it was a, a video series first and then there was a book of it that came out as well. So he was uh, probably when people were getting paid 200 grand a week, he was in on the, the merchandise and then the, yeah. the extracurricular second yeah. income streams. Like, yeah, he realized that he was a brand like uh, and he just wanted to keep it going. Um, like, but- like Paddy said, he was one of the first he was one of the first footballers who we would have seen outside of football. Like uh-huh. he used to go out with Danny Burr, who was a presenter on The Word, which was a big right. a big show in the nineties. So he's the first person you would have seen like in the paper, but not in the back pages. So, and he was very trendy and fashionable. Yeah. He would go to like award shows and fashion week and all that stuff. And you're like, what is going on here? So he was like the prototype of what Beckham became later, dating the pop yeah. stars and yeah. models and all that stuff. Mm. I always remember him doing the Sharpie Shuffle with Lee Sharp. You know, the two of them would have done that. That uh, that that's a celebration in case anybody thinks it, but something a bit dodgier and um, they might have done that as well but like that was and for me I remember going and I remember my dad saying oh Fergie doesn't like that and he was kind of you know you get them we got the impression this was the start of the the new era of footballers and then of course he he near took Beckham's head off with a football boot what was the what was the whole hairdryer thing with Fergie was it like he, he just that was him shouting in your face he, oh, he was getting right yeah. the right hairdryer treatment head. was yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah, that, yeah. the hot breath in your, you know what I mean? The, so yeah, the hurt dry treatment was him screaming at you. Yeah, yeah, I definitely would not want to be subject to that. Like, although <laughs> the amount of chewing gum he went through, his breath must have been minty fresh. Like, yeah, <laughs> he probably probably had a bit of a complex. Somebody probably said you're, you know, like answered back to him, and then he's like, "Fuck it, better." You always had double mint on the go. I always thought that was funny. Like, it just shows you he kept it, he kept it, kept it real. He never struck a deal with like double mint to become the face of. Like, because you've seen him like taking out an old juicy fruit, yeah. you know, in the in the 70th minute. <laughs> yeah, just switching it up. I'd laugh if it was like for different competitions, he has different brands of gum that he chews. So for like Champions League, it's juicy fruit. Uh, it's Trident for a, like a fucking yeah for uh, whatever it was. for the uh, yeah the the <laughs> yeah the what do you call it the league, the League Cup hubba bubba less less <laughs> prestige. Exactly, it's not getting as much cameras as what the Premiership is. So. <laughs> Long balls. Yeah. Um, the, the one I found out there was Jordan. Did you know that uh, Giggs is his mum's name, and he changed mm-hmm. it because his parents separated when he was a teenager. Mm-hmm. So his his dad's name. So his dad was an, a, a Welsh international rugby player called Danny Wilson. So we would have been talking about, instead of Giggsy, we would have been ca- talking about Wilsony. Will Will mm-hmm. Wilsey Willow doesn't Wilson. quite doesn't no it doesn't, doesn't quite it, work yeah. for the marketing department. So exactly, yeah, he changed his name as a teenager right before he became a pro footballer. So there you go. <laughs> Could you imagine your man Andy Tate? You know the guy that does like as a true uh-huh. red or whatever it is. Yeah, give it Wilson end of season. <laughs> 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 oh, perfect. Let's get him on the podcast, now, Darren. <laughs> I'm up for it. Give him that. He's bound to be on Twitter, right? Yeah, no, he's a big, uh, he doesn't support England or anything like that. Apparently, he's like a big Republic fan. Oh, right. There we go. That's the that's um, the only bit of information I know about him. Paddy, before before Jordan continues with the, the facts, did you have any like favorite goals or appearances or matches that you remember, like a gigsy moment or anything? Apart um, from, I mean, you said about the Arsenal goal, which was yeah, massive. Um, probably... Yeah, probably the game I went, the first game I went to, uh, to see United was 95, and it was actually the one where Cantona was his first game back after a suspension. And mm. I remember uh, being at that game, I think we won at 1 0, but it was against Blackburn. And uh, I remember Giggs being coming, was, they were walking up to the dugouts, and he had a short, I just remember looking at his legs, his thighs, and going, 
look at the size of his thighs and Kinchelskis as well. And I'd never been, I'd never seen these footballers up close. And back in, back in what was that, 95, gyms, people going to the gyms and stuff hadn't really happened here. So you never saw people that were properly, you know, athletes. And I just remember seeing him and Kinchelskis going, these guys are different class. Um, but yeah, just remember the, the first game I went to was just spectacular and then seeing Cantona um, come back as well. But yeah, I'm kind of I'm trying to think of the best get, guys goal other than that um, FA Cup one now. Um, free kicks. Liverpool 3-3. you remember the 3-3 game against Liverpool? Um, we were wearing the black kit and I think in scored in as well. And maybe fucking Irwin, but there was a brilliant three. And I just remember a Giggsy free kick. But his, his free kick, sort of what I loved about Giggs in his game was is corner taking when you had gigs and Beckham taking corners? I hate out swinging corners. I, I think, and we scored a lot of corners. We used to score loads from straight from a corner. And we, just since we've lost gigs and Beckham, we don't score anything. I would like from corners. I'd love to see the stats. So I just love that you knew gigs is going to go out. And you're going to have in swinging corners, proper ones, um, whether it's Beckham or gigs or whatever. But um, yeah, I just I, I think that the. Yeah, the, the FA Cup goal low is the one that every time I, if that comes on my timeline, you know what you see, like these, um, you know, things sharing greatest goals ever. As soon as you see that, you're, you're just going to sit and watch that. It, it, just the whole game takes me right back to it. Remember everything. Remember actually whenever he scored that, getting like lifted by some random fella and like shook about like a fucking ragdoll. <laughs> <laughs> then my family got a letter going like, if you ever want to see your son again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, with uh, with that, uh, I, when we were talking about Andy Tate there with the whole United thing, um, after um, uh, Sir Alex Ferguson left Man United, that must have been what in 2014 around that time, yeah. right then, yeah, I, 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 th- I think that's around the time, but that's uh, obviously when uh, his uh, career with Manchester United as a first team player kind of ended because uh, he became the interim manager after the uh, sacking of David Moyes. And look, look at him now, you know, knocking on the door of the Champions League. Oh, I, he's done it. Beautiful to see. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so uh, he then from 2014, after he was the interim manager, he was the assistant manager under Louis van Gaal. Uh, for for a brief yeah. time, he, he, he started. He was initially deemed as a player coach. Oh, right. So that was that was his, that was his his designation moving through the where he didn't just stop and then go straight to the training field. Mm. Designated player coach, so he was probably working uh, kind of both teams at that point. Is it the same in like ice hockey where player coaches where it's literally they are a player but also the manager? See, player manager slightly different because I think you've got like final say on everything, whereas. Mm. Giggsy was still answering to a manager before oh, okay. he retired himself and then became backroom oh, staff yeah, yeah. with Louis van Gaal. Yeah, a lot of t- a lot of times, especially in like uh, um, European ice hockey and stuff like that, the, the idea of a player manager where uh, normally the manager stands in a suit uh, at the back of the bench just behind all the players. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the player managers, they were all like suited up. So like uh, they have the interviews at the end of the game. Um, one guy's you know suited and booted, and the other guy looks like you know he's about to collapse with exhaustion, covered in sweat in a hockey uniform. Uh, that's what I want to see from now on. I want David Moyes in a full kit. Um, you used to used to get a lot of you used to get a lot more player managers. I think back in the day, you very rarely hear of it now. Mm-hmm. I just seem to remember um, there was always like a team knocking about in the Premier League for a season would have. You know, at least one player manager, but I also thought it was slightly egotistical as well, right, lads? I'll come on, sort this out. You know, <laughs> exactly. Get 
tracks it off. Yeah. The, the one, the one that always stands out for me, and he was playing in the era of gigs, was um, Gianluca Vialli, who played at Chelsea. Yeah. Right. He was yeah, a player, yeah. and then he was player manager, and then he yeah. would have knocked off against gigs quite a few times. So yeah, yeah. Uh, who was was it? Paul Ince, the guy who used to play for United. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never, he yeah. he was player manager for Blackburn for a bit when they were in the Premiership, I think. Um, and then most recently, uh, I remember covering it uh, on one of the earlier episodes of uh, Injury Time about Wayne Rooney being the player manager of uh, Derby County. Derby, for the, yeah, yeah, for a couple of games. And he just kind of looked like he'd given up the ghost. Now he's just the manager. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, fair play to him for doing both. Because, you know, there's a lot to think about. Um, but uh, going into his post-playing career, uh, he received... So even before he uh, stopped playing... So in 2010, he received his UEFA A coach license. Um, so he was planning on, you know, go staying in football after his retirement. Um, and obviously being one of the shareholders in, is it Salford? Yeah. FC. Yeah. With like Gary Neville, Nicky Butt, uh, Paul Scholes and Phil Neville, I want to say as well. I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, there's like loads of different, uh, documentaries made about the whole, um, uh, class of 92 and all they achieved. Um, which kind of like put everybody in this like kind of great light of these footballing icons. Uh, and then in May 2011, uh, the whole uh, gagging order uh, thing came up, which was a bit, uh, yeah, kind of, <laughs> I think that's what he's most known for now, especially with this generation's kind of like football fans who are kind of like too young to remember like gigs when he was in his prime. Uh, up until now, you know, uh, well, up until, um, uh, what was it, Jose Mourinho took over as the manager of United when he left the club. Um, but yeah, so the whole gagging order thing uh, was, uh, it was a super injunction uh, that was taken out by Giggs's solicitors to um, uh, stop a publication being printed about an alleged extramarital affair with a model called Imogen Thomas, who was yeah. Rodri Giggs's brother. Which... No, Ryan Giggs was Rodri Giggs's brother. <laughs> Wait, no. Okay, am I getting confused here? Because this has been yes. the most Sunday is Sunday I have yeah. ever had in my life. <laughs> I, I think it was it was that he, he was he did have an affair with his brother's wife. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's what the super injunction was about, but he also, yes, he was going out with Imogen from Big Brother, but I thought that was all dead on. I thought he was divorced or whatever. Like, I thought that, I didn't know if that was the affair. Um, but yeah, I just remember. But then his brother then ended up doing like Paddy Power adverts and all, like taking the piss <laughs> out of the whole thing. So Yeah, so the, the, those were different kind of events. So the Imogen Thomas thing was obviously, because she's a public figure as well, former Miss Wheels. Uh Giggsy had married his, his long-term partner in 2007 who he had the kids with. Then I think this was before they divorced. He was uh, running around with Imogen Thomas. But mm. the alleged affair with his brother's wife was like eight years long. So that was on and oh, off all the time. Shit, sorry, so, I, th I thought Yeah, yeah to totally different incidents there were. Oh, but yeah, he's quite salacious. Jordan, this is probably the first story time you've brought us for something nobody's died. This yeah, is, I know, right? This is scandalous in a different manner. <laughs> I'll be back in five minutes, guys. 
Um, but yes, uh, so currently speaking right now, uh, Ryan Giggs is the manager of the Welsh national football team and was able to take them to the Euros in 2016, where everybody did well, uh, well, apart from Scotland, who weren't there. Um, but, you know, uh, Northern Ireland, Republic, uh, England and Wales all played much better than anybody expected them to. Yeah. Which was crazy, well, and I think I think that's kind of like a nice kind of like arc to leave it in. <laughs> yeah, given what, what, the other what, stuff that we're not going to talk about. One of the <laughs> things I was going to say was like Giggsy, if he retired from United in 2014, he retired mm-hmm. from Wales in 2007. Mm-hmm. I very rarely like, and the other thing was, uh, we talk about prototypes of what what is now a, a sort of normal thing. Paddy, do you remember Giggs wouldn't wasn't allowed to play? Welsh friendlies. He could play qualifying games, but Alex Ferguson originally had him that he oh, yeah. he missed like forty friendlies in a row because it was a it was like a means of protection because mm. obviously Fergie was like you don't need to be playing friendlies when you're yeah. professionally chasing league titles here. Yeah. So one of the first one of the first players to be like I'm not going to bother for his country. So and like he yeah. retired. He had a sixteen year career, but I think he only played something like sixty games for Wales. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. I only. Re- I think I remember seeing him play like one game for Wales. I never I'm remember the same, seeing him play yeah, for because Wales. we didn't have, you know, we sound like our farts like, but we didn't have YouTube and didn't have access to all the channels. So I literally the only thought I ever saw pictures of gigs in the Wales that I never saw him playing. I always thought it was weird. I didn't like it as a kid, you know, like I felt like he was cheating on us and a foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of, uh, yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, the, 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 but what was it he did then? The um, play for Wales. Oh, there was another wee fact I was going to throw in, but I should have written it fucking down. It is a Sunday I was drinking last night, and I thought it so <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to my world. <laughs> no, but the like the Wales thing was strange because obviously he ended up working with the Welsh team, but um, I never remember him. That's was I never remember him playing games, but also the fact I couldn't grasp it around my head because whenever you used to get like shoot magazine or match magazine, it would give you his profile as like, and it would say that Ryan Giggs was from Manchester. Because mm. he, he spent he spent more time in England than he did in Wales. He moved in from Wales, Wales when he was yeah. like a little kid. So I was like, I can't get this around my head. Yeah, yeah. Even though the majority of the Republic of Ireland team were fucking English when I was growing yeah, up. It was it was a real <laughs> it was a real head fuck back then. Because I actually this is genuinely true. I thought that Jack Charlton was Irish, and I thought the Geordie accent was an Irish accent from somewhere you know some part of Ireland. Genuinely thought. No, like, because I was night. So, Charlton was sort of bigger, 19, 1990, I remember. So, I was six. And anytime you heard him interviewed and he was sipping pints, he was the most Irish, you know, English person ever. So, yeah. I just assumed this, this Geordie accent was, and it wasn't until years, you know, like, I don't, can't remember when, but it was old enough whenever it kind of dawned on me privately, listening to Geordie's talking that I was working with, was like, yeah, okay, I get it now. <laughs> he, wasn't, he was just, yeah, but like, drunk. Giggs was the same. Watch any interview, and there's not a. It doesn't sound like there's a drop of Welsh in his accent because he, he'd yeah. been in Manchester since he was like six. So it's very yeah. confusing as a kid being like, "Oh, come he's really good. Why is he not playing for England?" You're like, "Oh, he yeah. plays for Wales." You're like, yeah. what? Yeah, <laughs> well, I went to the night in the in the waterfront that was him and Paul Scholes uh, an evening with him and Paul Scholes. That uh, was really good. Like you know, Scholes is very dry. You know, doesn't really. 
um, you know, sort of do too much talking. And but he, he t- tells his stories about how Fergie dealt with. It was really interesting about you know how he dealt with whenever they started the party and all that, and the famous story about gigs or gigs being in a party with all the the younger players and uh, Sharp and all. And then next thing you know, somebody gigs was up in the room with some girl and Lee Sharp him and the gaffers here, <laughs> and all of a sudden the music stopped and there was this fucking silence in the house and. Uh, Fergie was running through where is he where is he and he went up and it was gazing out the fuck you know so I love there was really good it was good crack like yeah I, what was brilliant as well was him and Lee Sharp actually became quite good friends even though whenever Giggs joined the club that was his main competition for place mm. him and Lee Sharp were playing the same position so yep. it was different as well but like Giggs he's played for Man United Man City youth career which I did not know Jordan and that's um, crazy right sort of, I kind of hurt my feelings a wee bit <laughs> uh He's a Welsh international. He's played over a thousand appearances. He's made over a hundred appearances in the Champions League, and also he's played in the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's yeah, the captain, he's the captain of the Great Britain team for the 2012 London Olympics. And I was like, yeah. What? What? yeah. So yeah, even though I watched gigs all my life, finding out stuff about him that I didn't know that wasn't involved in like his brother's messes was like, <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck uh, well yeah that was the the ballad of ryan Giggs. um patty thanks so much for coming on buddy we really appreciate it um uh, do you want to plug anything to the seven people that are listening right now or <laughs> oh just uh ssc next year or fuck no it's not it's in october but you know who knows yeah exactly SSC. right hey jordan jordan one retweet from patty we can get that up to 10 all right <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Cheers, Patty. Uh, uh, Yeah, that was story time. So, yeah, that was story time. Uh, Thanks very much for Patty uh, coming on. Uh, So, all that's left to do today is cover the games that we're going to watch this week. Uh, I'm going to get three out of three in trivia round, and uh, I am going to go to bed. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. And then edit this in the morning. (laughs) <laughs> let's just get into it um so on monday uh two premier league games nothing really that big pardon me uh west brom uh are hosting southampton yeah and former Brighton. top of the league southampton who've it's like yeah. a game of snakes and ladders for them to hit the 99 <laughs> and they're just sliding down um uh yeah so the yeah that's the early kickoff at six o'clock and quarter past eight brighton host everton at the amex stadium Two games mm. I do not really care about too much. No, maybe maybe I won't watch it. I, I watch some headlines because I think we should maybe not be warming those up because we're going to be rocking into a bit more of the Champions League, the exactly. second legs of those. Second leg uh, on Tuesday night, uh, Chelsea against Porto. Uh, this one, uh, Porto are away. And PSG against Bayern. Two great games. Uh, and it's going to be difficult to decide which one I'm going to watch. Uh, yeah, we need to, uh, we need to bring back the old red button thing where you can have the, the double screen. Do what exactly. I do, which is uh, get one <laughs> up on your whatever on your BT, and then mm-hmm. totally legally stream another one on your laptop, so you can just keep an edit down in the corner yeah. and you just switch between the two. That's what I do. It's perfect. Um, uh, there's also a couple of Northern Irish Premiership games on on Tuesday as well. Glen Torren host uh, second place Coleraine, Porta Down or against Dungannon, and Warren Point or against Crusaders, or not Crusaders, sorry, uh, Carrick Rangers. Um, you are Crusaders in the brain, or know, dyslexic, right? one it, of the it's two. Just for, yeah. <laughs> it's just because they've been playing better. Um, so uh, on Wednesday, the only games of note, of course, are the second legs of the uh, Champions League qual- or, uh, knockout stages with uh, Dortmund uh, at home against Manchester City, 
and Liverpool at home against Real Madrid. Um, yeah, so City City with a real chance of some away goals and Liverpool need to put quite a few past Real. Yeah, to secure their uh, progression. Um, yeah. uh, so I, I forgot, I'm nailing my, uh, my flag to the post here. So in Tuesday's games, I'm saying that obviously Chelsea will go through, uh, but I'm still giving it to Bayern. I think Bayern will find a way to... Uh, you know, with the advantage of having two away goals, uh, they'll just try and shut down defensively and maybe get one or two goals. So I still see Bayern going through uh, against PSG. Um, that being yeah. said, I still, I don't know. Uh, the last game against Dortmund against City, uh, it was a great game, but uh, I'm going to give it to City. Um, I, I think they'll be able to keep Haaland quiet. And uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. And as much as I want Liverpool to do something, I think Real Madrid are going to win. Or sorry, uh, Franco's team. Yeah, I mean, I would say to anybody, if you are, if you're a betting man, you know, just disregard everything we've said and bet it totally against <laughs> us. That would be my, because yeah. we're good like that. We're we're like the reverse of a tipster. Just go against us and send us send us money if you win some. Yeah, we're not we're not a tipster. Or we're we're not tipsters. We're dumpsters. Uh, yeah, <laughs> dumpster <laughs> fires. Yeah. I think that's the best way to explain it. Uh, moving on to Thursday's games, uh, the second legs of all the Europa League playoff games: uh, Roma against Ajax in Rome, United against Granada, Slavia Prague against Arsenal, and Villarreal against Zagreb. Uh, I'm going to give. I'm just going to run through them quickly: uh, Ajax, United, Slavia Prague, and Villarreal. I think right. that, that's your call. You're calling them the whole way down. I mean, there, yeah. there's only one really, there's only one draw in aggregates anyway. Yeah. And Villarreal are one nil ahead of Zagreb, and they have home advantage. Uh, Roma, I actually, yeah, I would, I would hope that all those teams that won last week will just pretty much follow through, and then if Arsenal get a, can get an away goal, they, they're still in competition for a, an old trophy at least. Exactly, which would do our Ted of the world a good. Um, yeah. But yeah, moving on to Friday, uh, there. I think this will be a juicy enough game. Uh, Everton hosts Tottenham up at Goodison Park, uh, and in the Northern Irish Premiership, uh, Coleraine hosts uh, Glentorn. Well, there's only two games on there. Yeah. Oh, uh, one game. Sorry. Coleraine Glentorn. Yeah. yeah. Also, Everton are playing on Monday, so that's two almost midweek games for them. That's yeah. strange enough. Hey, you need to get them where you can right. get them. Um, yeah. Saturday's games, there's a couple of, ju- well, one juicy one. Uh, Newcastle uh, struggling for every single point they can get uh, are hosting West Ham up in the, the north uh, northeast of England. So I think that'll actually be good. Yeah. I, Newcastle I, will have a bit of confidence from this weekend. West Ham are still dying for that top four. One's fighting for survival. One's fighting for European football. It's going to be a solid game. Uh, should we, should me and Mick do like uh, kind of, you know, fan... Uh, watch along like they used to do on Sky Sports. Oh, absolutely. I'm up for that. Where they just scream in each other's faces when the other team scores. Um, yeah, I reckon that would be fun. We need to sort something like that out. Um, but uh, Southampton are uh, hosting Crystal Palace at St. Mary's and Wolves host Sheffield United at Molyneux. Uh, yeah. Not really. Yeah. I'm not. Oh, sorry. The Southampton Crystal Palace game is uh, postponed. So I'm not quite sure why, because none of them are in other competitions. So I'm not sure. Wait, what day is that on? On Saturday. Oh, um, wait, who did you say it's postponed? Oh, uh, it's because of your man's funeral. Oh, then, on Saturday? Yeah, okay, Prince, so it, that'll Prince, be on the TV was... instead of the football? Yeah. Fuck off. Like, um, interrupt my sport. <laughs> I know. 
fucking dare you. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's postponed. But then that's actually weird because the Wolves Sheffield United game is uh, going ahead as planned at three pm. It's very strange. Mm, uh, okay, I don't know what's happening? But uh, on Sunday, uh, London Derby, Arsenal against Fulham. Fulham need every single point they can get. Uh, Arsenal, you know, they could be doing with you know three points. Uh, and Manchester United host Burnley at Old Trafford, four pm Sunday. Um, it's a game you guys need to win. Yeah, I think uh, it's getting very, very tight at the top where everybody's about three points back. So every mm-hmm. win or loss is either keeping people at distance or you're you're literally in place and it's down to goal difference, which very true. I don't like. I don't like. <laughs> and I, I remember saying this today on one of the West Ham fan pages that uh, mathematically it's still possible for West Ham to win the league. Absolutely, you gotta you gotta be you gotta be positive about these things. Exactly. Uh, I think. At present, you know, they're like 11 points behind City, but fuck it. Yeah. They could have a bad run. Yeah, and, and you also have a game in hand. Yeah, that's true as well. So, I mean, even if you win that, nine points back. Yeah, so but, whatever. But also, when you look at it, you have lost, uh, Manchester City and United have lost the exact same amount of games this season, but they uh, obviously only draw, uh, have drawn five. Uh, uh, United have drawn nine. They've had 23 wins. United only have 18, so... Yeah. yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how the rest of the season goes. Uh, I'm very excited. I can't wait. Now, give like me April, some... May, we have we have the run in for the last that kind of last month and on into the so it'll it's not too bad exciting. coming into the summer months. And we'll also be covering um, the ending of the majority of the different leagues in Europe, like uh, Italy, Spain, Germany, uh, Netherlands, Belgium, all the good ones. So, give me some questions. Let's do this. Okay, pause, because I need to write down the other ones. Okay, so this week, Jordan, uh, we're going to go football question, Mm -hmm. GA question, and then motorsports question, which you can guess. I'm going to give you, it's it's a multi-choice, it's a multi-choice, okay? Okay, that's not too bad. All right, because I think that's unfair otherwise. Okay, question one. Mm -hmm. How many teams in the modern era have won the Premier League? Ooh, have a think. I'll fill error because I never, we never take out for the count that somebody will be thinking and that takes up time where people then think their uh, recording has stopped. <laughs> so Jordan is currently counting on his fingers like a small child. This is an audio <laughs> podcast, so you can't see that, but I can. Um, uh, I've lost my place, damn it. Um, so I'm not distracting you. I'm, tr- I'm trying to fill our time here uh, while you. United. Arsenal. Write it down, you mental don't case. Be, anyway. don't, have, don't have pen. Uh, okay, fair enough. Arsenal, Near do I. Mine's a pencil. <laughs> Doing the maths here. Chelsea. This is intense to see as we brain work it as well. Blackburn. Looks like his head's going to fall off. Uh, incorrect. Oh, uh, how many? Seven. You're so close. Who did I leave out? I bet you left out Blackburn. No, no. I, I'd put Blackburn in. Blackburn and Leicester. Uh, so Blackburn, Leicester, Arsenal, uh-huh. Chelsea, mm-hmm. Manchester United, mm-hmm. Liverpool. Liverpool and? I don't know. City. The fucking city! Did <laughs> you leave out Man City? Yeah, I know. One of the <laughs> so I got Blackburn and left that. No six. one ever remembers Blackburn, and that's always what <laughs> catches people. When you said six, I was like, we got Blackburn. Ah, <laughs> uh, darn tootin'. Uh, okay. Give me some GAA. Okay, <clears throat> this week, which county had their manager suspended? 
Oh, uh, was it? We hmm. talked about this at Harlan the other day. Yeah, I can't remember though. Um, it wasn't Carrie, was not. it? Uh, it wasn't. Ah, uh, fuck. It was. Go on, I'll give you if you get a second guess. Who was it? Uh, so it is. Uh, what letter does the county start with? Fuck off. I'm <laughs> <laughs> already giving you a chance. We're not uh, doing it that way. Wexford? Incorrect. It was actually Monaghan. They Monaghan. Were, their manager was suspended Monaghan. this week for uh, for organising training. So. Silly boy. I definitely, I, th- I thought you would have, I mean, I knew that one was going to trouble you, but I thought you would have got the uh, the football one. Okay. All right. This one's multiple choice. The big thing okay. is a wee bit easier for you. Lewis Hamilton has won how many world titles? Is it A, 7, B, 8, or C, 9? 7. Correct. Yes. No. The theme was I thought you would get the Premier League question right, and then you would doubt yourself that 7 would be the answer for both questions. <laughs> But well done. So one out of three. Yeah, hey, one out of three. The one I thought you would have never got in a million years, you got correct. Well <laughs> right. Um, yeah. No, I, I I probably would have listened a bit better if I wasn't struggling to breathe when we were playing hurling on Friday. Um, and it was my first time in net, and uh, I I regret every single decision I've made. <laughs> Perfectly fine. No, it's once, uh, once you get a helmet, you'll be all right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, a whole bunch of fun. Um. And I am going down. Was I telling you this? Uh, this may be a podcast exclusive. Uh, I'm going down to just pass my hurrah to P.O. Keynes on Thursday to pick up my goalkeeping hurl. Oh, you got one ordered? Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. I'm so very yeah. excited. Uh, and I also Jordan's got one. Of, um, you know the Coltec fiberglass ones? They're very good. The one that you lent me at the start. Uh, yeah. I also picked up one of them because they were quite, it was only like 26 quid or something like that. Uh, for my size so i was like i get it so i'm all excited about thursday picking it up nice and, so you're gonna um, have an ash hurl a fiber hurl and the goalie hurl mm-hmm. the whole Dead on. trinity uh, Dead on. <laughs> now you need a helmet because you're gonna be starting the net so get a fucking exactly yeah. um i am also going for a puck about down in Derry on thursday when i get the hurls uh i'm gonna see my cousin because i haven't seen him in a while uh, every time we get the uh, we hit the slitter to each other, we have to sanitize it, obviously. So uh, there will be a lot of hand sanitizer. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously because he's from Derry, so you don't want to catch whatever he's got. That makes total uh, sense. Actually, even worse, he's from Cyan Mills. <laughs> oh crap, that's from Tyrone. Fuck him. Yeah, don't I even know. be his friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, all that's left is to do is uh, thank Rona. Uh, thank Johnny Bo. Um, I would like to thank you, Darren, um, because you have taught me the many different things today that uh, Man City are Premier League champions. And um, uh, also, Lewis Hamilton's pretty good at, uh, was it go-kart racing or whatever it's called? And, yeah, well, he was. That's, that's what got him the job as a Formula One driver. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I would uh, like to thank myself for... Uh, doing this uh also big thanks to patty raff for coming on the show uh you know it's great to have as many uh you know great people like shane dave ian thompson uh, anyone who's been on tim Gallagher as well being on the podcast uh and helping us spread it a little bit farther and if you're yeah. new listening to this welcome and if you're old listening to this you will be dead soon uh <laughs> i've been jordan robinson i've been darren matthews see you guys next week Bye. Bye.